The reading is taken from Luke, chapter 24, um, verses 13 to 35, and it's headed up on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they walked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one living in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of the women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned to, at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good. Let's pray together. 
Lord Jesus, we pray that our eyes might be open to see you present with us and to know your purposes as Saviour of the world, the largeness of your grace, embracing us and flowing through us to a world in need. May we know you present in all your risen power, for we ask it in your name. Amen. Let me ask you to imagine for a moment. Imagine that you had received some difficult, perplexing and even distressing news. And you're walking home with a companion and talking about it with each other, trying to understand what is going on in your lives. And as you walk together, a stranger comes and walks with you, listening to your conversation, and then butting in, and then taking over, and beginning to open the Bible to you, explains how the Bible, in all its parts, applies to the situation you're facing. Now you come to your garden path. What do you do? Do you invite the stranger in for a meal with you and to stay the night with you so he can talk more? Or do you scuttle up the garden path, get through the door as quickly as you can and shut it with a great sigh? I wonder what you would have done. Well, that's the situation for these two people walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. In all probability, these two people were a married couple rather than two men, as is often thought and as Caravaggio pictures in his famous painting. They were probably a married couple. And they were perplexed because they were disciples of the Lord Jesus. They had followed him and listened to him and learned from him. And they had hoped that he would be the one who would save Israel. That he would be the one who would come and redeem God's people. Who would throw out the Romans and rescue them from oppression. But it just hadn't worked out like that. Instead, he had been taken, betrayed by Jewish leaders, and crucified by the Romans. And when they knew that he was dead, they had sealed his body in a tomb. And now, and now they hear that the tomb is empty and that some women had seen angels who told them that he was alive. They are perplexed. What does it all mean? The stranger who heard them talking as they walked along the way talked with them and took over the conversation to explain to them that the Messiah always had to die. 
His purpose was not as small as they imagined. He'd not come just to redeem Israel. He'd come to save the world. And it required his death and his resurrection from the dead. They didn't really understand, but as they got to their door, they invited him in. And they laid out a simple meal before him of bread and wine. And then something extraordinary happened. This stranger, their guest, took on the role of the host. He gave thanks. He took their bread off the table, broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened to see that it was Jesus. Jesus risen from the dead, Jesus alive and with them, and with them forever, and suddenly all the things that he had told them fell into place. They understood the purpose of God, that through Jesus, God purposed to save the world. Well, Jesus then disappeared from them and they rushed back to Jerusalem and we'll leave them on their way back. But note that this story mirrors what we read in Genesis 3 but reverses it. For in Genesis 3, the man and the woman who had been disobedient to God find that their eyes are opened to their shame and they hide from God and are expelled from his presence. Now these people, looking for the Saviour, have their eyes open to him, to see that in him there is forgiveness and redemption through his death and resurrection. They are reconciled to God, and to God's purpose of saving the world through Christ. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews says that some people have entertained angels unawares. But here are a couple who entertained the Lord Jesus unawares, who found him present in their home as Lord of their table and of their feast, pouring out his blessing on them. Do we have open hearts and open homes for others, ready to welcome them in that they might discover the Lord Jesus there with us, that their eyes might be opened to see his glory and the goodness of his grace and forgiveness? Our God is a God whose purpose it is to draw many to himself through the Lord Jesus. Jesus once told a story of a king who had a wedding banquet for his son. And the people he'd invited didn't come in. So he sent his servants out into the streets roundabout to find whoever they could and invite them to come in 
And it's a picture of God's grace, his indiscriminate grace. God wants his feast to be full for all to experience the treasures of his grace in the Lord Jesus. He is the, Jesus is the Lord of the feast who urges us to invite others to come in. I love that song um, made popular by Stuart Townend, the chorus of which is, Come to the feast, there is room at the table. Come, let us meet in this place where the King of all kindness who welcomes us in with the wonder of love and the power of grace. The good news of God's love and kindness is for all who will come in and find it. People of all backgrounds. Oh, that the world might taste and see, wrote Wesley, the riches of his grace, the arms of love that compass me, would all the world embrace. Have we captured the vision of Christ's purpose for a lost world? His purpose is not small, not as small as those first two on the Emmaus Road thought. Their minds had to be expanded to see the greatness of God's love. Have we captured the vision? Are we going to invite people of all backgrounds and sorts and characters to come in and discover that Christ is here. He is with us in all the riches of his grace and goodness, ready to forgive and cleanse and embrace with his love. What are you going to do to invite people to come in? Well, you can make a start like these folk. You could invite people into your home to have a meal with you and pray that they might discover Christ with you. Their eyes might be opened to see him. You could invite people to come along with you to church to find Christ or to an Alpha course. Or you could invite them to come to open church, but invite folk to come in to find Christ and the riches of his grace that are for all who will come. Christ, the Lord of the feast, wants his feast to be filled. He doesn't want any empty places. Will we be those who are his arms, his feet, his mouth, in inviting, urging others to come in. May God use us for his purposes, for his name's sake. Amen.